Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Disney Co. In the Know Wizarding World podcast. Um, today, we are talking about Fluffy and Quidditch from Chapter 9 and where you can find that in Universal. Um, I am Bruce, and I'll be your host. And tonight, I am joined by Disney Co. In the Know contributors, Hannah. Hey, y'all. And Jake. What's up? And Steven. Hey, everyone. And uh, we have a couple of uh, news stories coming out of Universal and from J.K. Rowling in recent days on Twitter. Uh, but before we get into that, just want to say that this show is sponsored by 407 and Beyond Vacation Company, Disney and Universal experts who help plan your family's perfect vacation. So all you have to do is show up, have fun, and create family memories. As always, our services are free to you. Visit us on the web at www.407vacations.com. All right. So did you guys, um, I'm sure you guys have been following along on social media, but Universal CityWalk opened up recently and uh, guests have been able to, to go to CityWalk and experience that again, of course, with health and safety precautions. Um, but the big news coming out of this uh, previous week from Universal is that they submitted plans to the Orange County Economic Recovery Task Force, that definitely needs an acronym, um, and which was approved for reopening. And it went to the Mayor Demings, he approved it. It went to the governor, he has approved it. So Universal Orlando will open up on June 1st. So for the first few days, um, they will be open to employees um, and special guests. And then on uh, excuse me, not July, June 5th, um, the parks will open to the public. So, yeah. So Universal um, is, is at the forefront with some of these other parks um, ready to reopen. And I do just want to very briefly um, set forth what guests can expect when uh, heading back to uh, Universal. And so um, masks will absolutely uh, be required. Universal did initially say, uh, say that they would provide masks to guests, but um, that has later since been retracted. So if you are going to Universal in early June, make sure to take your own masks and it will be required that you wear one. Um, Universal is instilling virtual queues, so uh, you won't stand in line uh, like conventionally in the queue. Um, you will get uh, a boarding time on your on your phone, and then uh, show back up to the ride. There will be no singer, single rider lines. Excuse me. Um, all guests will have their temperature taken at the entry of the park, um, and if if it tests high enough, you will be denied entry. Um, the park will open up with capacity limits and hand, san hand sanitizing um, booths will be set up um, outside of queues and around the park. And um, guests are encouraged to try to use cashless transactions, meaning um, try to use your credit cards, debit cards, gift cards, or um, Apple Pay or Google Pay. So those are that's kind of the rundown of what to expect at the reopening of Universal Orlando. I have heard that um, the date in which the resorts will reopen uh, so you guests can stay in their hotels has not been released. So this is just strictly park reopenings. So um, so yeah, so that's what that's the news coming out of Universal this week. It's exciting. 
Um, and it, it seems like they have all of the necessary health and safety measures to, to reopen. Um, as I said, City Walk has been open for a little while. Disney Springs opened up last week. Um, we have not yet heard a date that Disney will reopen, but Universal, um, June 5th, open to the public. So, uh, so what do you guys think about this? It's exciting stuff. It absolutely is. It's super exciting. I'm wondering, are they putting limits? I know uh, it was kind of in the talks about indoor rides like and whether or not they'll be open and I know a lot of the rides there have at least indoor sections if not like the whole thing like in the Harry Potter park and stuff especially um are is there any limitations on what rides are going to be open so it doesn't seem that the limitations are on dark or indoor rides excuse me but that they are limiting water attractions uh for health reasons so mm -hmm. any attractions that are primarily based in water may not be running um, or if a, an attraction has a water element, that water element will not be um, operational. So if a ride has mist um, or shooting water, that will not be um, operational. So that's just to help uh, prevent the spread, um, obviously, of, of the virus. So um, I'm not in the medical field. I don't know how water ties in, um, but apparently it does. And so Universal is taking those um, you know, safety measures. So um, a big topic has been um, with everything reopening is the masks down in the Florida heat. Um, of course, I think that, that it's going to be a little hot um, wearing a mask, but you will be required to wear one. Um, and, and people have reached out to me asking my thoughts on it. And my thoughts are very simple. Universal Orlando is private property. And if you want to visit private property, you got to play by their rules. And part of their rules right now is you have to wear a mask. So if you want to go to a theme park right now in the middle of um, Orlando, then a mask is, is required. So, um, but I, I imagine over time that the requirement, the requirements in the, in the precautionary health and safety measures over time uh, will probably wane off a little bit. So um, guys, I feel like I am talking way too much tonight. So just tell me your thoughts. Um, you know, do you think a mask will bother you on your next visit? Um, uh, do you have any problems with the temperature screenings and, and physical distancing? Does it make you feel safe? Um, do you have any kind of uh, non-political thoughts on, on the health and safety measures? Well, just as someone who's worked in, you know, multiple uh amusement parks and attractions and stuff like that like you got to take the steps you got to take so they're just doing what they think is best and and like you said you know it's if you don't want to follow those rules you don't have to go but i think it's extremely reasonable like they're just trying to ensure health and safety and stuff uh you know i think the most important thing is just getting the park back open as soon as possible uh no matter what the like circumstances behind it are like we want to we want to get back out there we want to have fun start living our lives again as much as we can so uh, i think it's great it's awesome yeah i think it's just impressive the measures they can take on such a large scale taking everybody's temperature monitoring you know if it's too high and turning people away things like that i love the idea of the, the virtual queue thing that gives you more time to kind of walk around and um, explore the park um, and just kind of enjoy the atmosphere, the environment, being there. And, you know, while you're doing that, you know, you're kind of waiting in line at the same time. So you can just kind of walk up to the ride. So I think that it would be worth wearing a mask for. Um, you know, you're going to be hot anyways. You know where you're at. Um, but I think the changes that they're making or willing to do are 
we're definitely worth being able to go back there and see the park more. Uh, so um, anything else on Universal reopening? All right, very good. So um, for those of you who are watching the show for the first time, what we do um, generally here is we talk about Universal and Wizarding World news. And then uh, we use Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone chapter by chapter to help guide our discussion on Universal Orlando. So if a particular item or sport or um, new place in the castle or new character is introduced in the novels, um, we then relate it to where you can see that in the Wizarding World at Universal Orlando. And then sometimes we sprinkle in the uh, Warner Brothers studio tour in London, uh, just because that's so great, uh, those movie sets. So anyways, so for the next 60 set or so seconds, Stephen is going to give us a chapter recap of chapter nine, The Midnight Duel, and then we will uh, discuss what in that chapter we can find at Universal. So Stephen, I will turn it on over to you to give us a, a quick chapter recap. All right, real, uh, real quick here. Um, so we kind of enter the chapter with uh, Harry and Ron kind of not looking forward to, you know, having more lessons with the Slytherins. Um, I think it's at breakfast. Um, kind of see them talking about this. And then through the mail, we get introduced to a rememberall, uh, which Neville receives from his grand. Um, and Malfoy kind of approaches and he's up to no good. And so we kind of see this conflict start to build. Uh, and then they have their first flight lessons. Um, and here we see Neville kind of get out of control and drop his remember all and break his wrist and um, get escorted kind of to the hospital. And Malfoy picks up remember all and um, has an argument with Harry and Harry gets on his broom and it's the first time we kind of see him on a broom and flying. And he makes a miraculous catch after Malfoy throws the remember all. And McGonagall sees this and puts him on the, the Gryffindor Quidditch team. And, and then later on when, uh, Again, they're back in the hall. Uh, Malfoy comes to kind of make fun of them and uh, challenges Harry to a duel. So later that night, Harry and Ron and um, Hermione and Neville happen to be there too, uh, kind of sneak around the castle and try and meet up for Malfoy with Malfoy for a duel. And uh, they get chased around by Filch and Ms. Norris. And they kind of wander upon, you know, the restricted area or the off-limits area in the third corridor and they somehow managed to run into Fluffy by accident and realize there's a trap door underneath them. And so they kind of go to bed wondering, you know, what exactly is underneath that trap door. So this chapter kind of allows us to see some pretty unique um, items that you can also find at Universal, things like Remember All. Uh, we see the brooms, Fluffy, those things kind of stand out um, that we get to see introduced in this chapter. We, we are introduced to Fluffy in this chapter. So I do want to talk about Fluffy at Universal Orlando. Um, does anyone want to uh, take the lead on, on seeing Fluffy at the park? Well, okay. one of the places that you can, um, you can see Fluffy is at the Magical Menagerie. You can actually get like toy stuffed Fluffies. And I believe they have him like emblazoned on t-shirts and some merchandise and things like that. So you can kind of get your own Fluffy to take along with you. Everyone loves a dog. He's got three heads, extra, extra dog to love. So um, if, you want, if you want your own Fluffy to take home, you can get one um, there, which I think is a pretty cool little souvenir, especially um, for kids who love to collect stuffed animals. That's a really great one to get. Yeah, well, in terms of, uh, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, go ahead, Jake. 
you can also see him on the uh, Haggard's motorbike adventure ride. Yeah. Uh, be the big, like, not real fluffy, but... Uh. <laughs> to, to Jake's point on Haggard's motorbike adventure, about halfway through the attraction, um, you approach Fluffy, who's on your left-hand side and who's barking, and you kind of zoom past on the motorbike. Um, but it is a pretty cool animatronic uh, to see in real life. Um, so, so yeah. So, um, Haggard's and motorbike adventure is a good place to uh, see the real-life Fluffy. So I feel like Fluffy is a really iconic beast from the series um you know he's only really in this first book but I feel like everyone like you mentioned like Fluffy or the three-headed dog and everyone knows kind of what you're talking about so um he wasn't he's not in the Forbidden Journey ride so I think for them to include him in, in Hagrid's motorbike is a really cool way to just kind of keep pulling in these great parts from the series yeah and he's you know one of Hagrid's beasts so Jake, if it's okay, I want to get off topic just a little bit. Go here. for it. Uh, you know, you made the really good point. Like he is an iconic character and stuff, but he's only in the first book. What happens to Fluffy afterwards? Like Haggard must uh, get rid of him or something. Maybe give him to another magical animal handler. Like I don't know. Maybe he moved, maybe he moved into an apartment above a sporting goods store in London. <laughs> wrote his own uh wizarding <laughs> book series <laughs> i don't know i mean i think i think that is uh, a good question uh and maybe it is that he went over to universal be a full-time attraction actor that's right we already answered it i guess right no i yeah i it, but but honestly i don't i don't know what ha oh, happens to fluffy i feel like is there a line in the in the book which we will get to uh in later episodes but does dumbledore eventually move him out of the school i believe I that they do after everything happens i don't think that they ever specify where he went but i could very much see them sending him somewhere like gringotts where he could continue to fulfill that like kind of guarding role over important things yeah i'll uh, tell you what they probably could have used him at the uh big battle of hogwarts there in uh the, the last uh the last book and movie so yeah yeah it would be fun to see an epic return of Fluffy, yeah. Th this yeah. battle-ridden three-headed dog. Um, that'd have been pretty good. So, so I let's could see uh, him just like running wild in the Forbidden Forest or something. Like if they just let him loose in there for a while. I mean, that's true. We know Haggard likes to keep his old pets in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, such a safe, safe place for for students. Um, all right, so. Uh, let's talk a little bit about broomsticks and rememberalls because they, um, as part of the uh, chapter recap, we heard those two items and those are two items that you can purchase at Universal's Wizarding World as merchandise. So um, let, let's talk thing, a little. Yeah, yeah, Hannah, go saying, ahead. One thing I think that the movie does and that adds to this part of the book is the scene with <laughs> rememberall when Neville opens it as you're reading he's like oh no now I have to figure out what it is I've forgotten and in the movie if you're watching he's the only student without his robe on so you get to like pick up on like we all know what it is that he's forgotten and I think that that's a fun little visual addition that the movie adds that like you can't really write that into the book um but I just a little tangent I really like that part of the movie for this scene I think it adds a nice touch yeah that's interesting I never picked up on that. No. I never picked up on that either. <laughs> Let's, we will get to quality Quidditch supply. Uh, so we heard that Harry's going to be 
on the Gryffindor Quidditch team. We will save quality Quidditch store at Diagon Alley for a later episode when uh, Quidditch occurs. But I do want to talk about where you uh, might be able to find Rememberalls. So there are two stores um, and, and sometimes merchandise moves, but um, that sells kind of these broad Harry Potter type um, gifts or, or, or merchandise items. So the first is Filch's Emporium of Confiscated Goods over in Hogsmeade. And I will just take a second to read the description of this store because uh, it really is a really fun store to, to visit. And it is um, treasure seized by the cankerous caretaker. Pursue items taken from students who got on the wrong side of the school's resident caretaker, Argus Filch. You'll find Hogwarts t-shirts, shoulder bags, caps, scarves, plus house crest banners, stationery, and more. You'll also find authentic movie prop replicas such as Death Eater masks, Quidditch clothing, magical creatures, toys, and more. So this is one of those locations at Universal um, where you can get just about I don't want to say anything, but you can get a wide range of, of merchandise items. So have you guys uh, gotten anything from, from Filch's uh, shop, from um, him seizing these, uh, these items from students? I was able to snag a, a Hufflepuff sweatshirt from his collection, which is one of my favorites. So. Very good. about uh, Jake or Steven? I'm trying to remember. This is the one that you go through, like after the uh, Forbidden Journey ride, right? Right. Yes. I'm not sure I picked up anything from that one. I think most of the stuff I got was from other stores, but I remember walking through it, and it was really cool. There was a ton of stuff there. I think I spent probably more time in there uh, than we did like <laughs> on the ride and stuff. I was just looking around at stuff. There, yeah. yeah. Universal certainly does uh, merchandise and Harry Potter merchandise uh, justice. Steven, I'm sorry I cut you off. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say I like all the uh, the school the the houses. They have a lot of different um, clothing, shirts, and things like that at the different houses, and they have a lot of a lot of small scale models of the castle, chess sets, and things like that, which are fun to walk around and look at. Um, I know the next time I'm down here, I'm gonna be uh, getting one of the Slytherin scarves. I think that's one of the iconic pieces of clothing you gotta get from one of those stores. Yeah, that um, yeah, you are house Slytherin, so uh, you got to represent. So, um, and then you can use that uh, scarf as a as a mask too. So, uh, <laughs> dual purposes. No, just kidding. That is not does not qualify as a mask. So, um, all right. So the other store that you uh, you can find these types of goods is Wise Acres Wizarding Equipment, which can be found in Diagon Alley, and this is titled Your One Stop Sorcery Shop. So um, Universal site says at Wiseacres Wizarding Equipment, visitors will find a variety of wizarding wares and essential supplies, including crystal balls, telescopes, binoculars, spheres, compasses, magnifying glasses, moon charts, globes of the moon, crystal files, and hourglasses. And don't miss the unique selection of apparel and accessories from your favorite Hogwarts house. So more, more Hogwarts house uh, apparel, but... Um, definitely items like Rememberalls and model broomsticks um, at Wiseacres as well. And this is a really cool store in Diagon Alley. The um, the decor and the aesthetic with the wallpaper and, and the things hanging off um, from the ceiling um, is th this is another one of those merchandise locations that you can just spend some time um, inside um, window shopping, checking it out and taking photos. So. Um, 
So yeah, does anyone have any uh, comment on this? Yeah, I just love that this is, you know, such an important part of the parks. Like one of the things that really helps us get into the the wizarding world, like as presented in the books, is these little items and stuff. Like, oh, they fly around on broomsticks. You have little magical items like remember alls, those kind of things. And it's so much fun to be able to, you know, go and experience the parks and stuff. But something that really makes it real is being able to actually, you know, get like models of these things. Like it's it's so cool. I, I love that that aspect of it. I feel like that just even adds to the depth even more. So uh, Jake, I, I think your insight there is 100% spot on um, because when you read the books and especially when you see the movies, you want to have these things like tangible in your hands, right? You want the modders map. You want a remember all um, you want a house scarf and it was it the wizarding world at universal Orlando does a fantastic job of providing these things at uh, these items as merchandise for guests to, to take home. Um, because it's more than just a scarf and it's more than just having this little knickknack. Um, you're bringing kind of the piece of the movies and a piece of the experience home to you. Um, and if you're giving it away as a gift, it's just, it, it's really special. So these types of merchandise options are more than just your typical, Hey, I was at Wizarding World or I love Universal Orlando, which was great merchandise, but these just feel like they have a special emotional attachment to to the wizarding world yeah yeah and i think one we've already talked about in previous episodes of course is wands like that might be the biggest one of all you know you get to go there and get your wand like it is it's your wand it makes you feel like a wizard like part of the the world and stuff so uh, yeah and i love the detail that they put into all of this merchandise if you're getting you know your own wand or a replica of someone from the movies like there's all of these details and swirls and carvings into it and then the broomsticks that you can buy you can get a model of the nimbus 2000 the nimbus 2001 and the firebolt like a i think they're around 300 dollars, a full-size replica they're about four feet long um and each one looks just like the one from the movie. I mean, like the Nimbus 2000 has that really sleek end to it. It looks like it's been, you know, like greased down. It's very smooth. Whereas the Firebolt has like more of like a, a jaggedy stick looking end to it. And so you can see those on the brooms that you're getting and like pull a piece of that magic with you, which I think is really cool. Yeah, something interesting um, and small, but uh, something that makes me happy is you can actually buy the uh, bottle juice, the uh, pumpkin juice bottled at uh, from Universal and online. So just those those little things that you can take home with you and enjoy, I think, are, are just fun. Right. Yeah, Stephen. Yeah, uh, that that's spot on. I'll tell you what, Stephen. Hold the thought on the pumpkin juice because we will come back to you next week about pumpkin juice, right? So so our next episode, episode is at 10 already um, of the Wizarding World edition of the Disney Co. in the Know podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, is chapter 10, Halloween. And I have a feeling that they're going to be drinking some pumpkin juice at the Halloween dinner or party. So, um, and if they don't, we'll bring it up anyways, um, <laughs> because that's just the type of show we are. So, um, does anyone have anything that they want to add before we kind of wrap up for the week? No, I think we covered all the great stuff they have. That's it. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, I'll tell you what, Jake, why don't you, uh, finish us up with our divination section real quick. Um, kind of discussing, um, the, the, the details of, of the chapter or universal that we will see again in the future. Yeah, so uh, we like to look at the foreshadowing moments and stuff like that, uh, since we have knowledge of what will come later. Uh, this one, 
Uh, there's a lot going on in this chapter. You know, they're rushing all over the place, having different lessons, all kinds of stuff. Um, so there's not any tiny things that jump out, but we got the big obvious one, of course. Uh, we see Fluffy. We see that trap door, or at least Hermione sees the trap door. And uh, we know how that's going to come back, of course. You know, this is like the big, most important part of the book here. Uh, the climax is, is going to take place when they go through that trap door to find the Sorcerer's Stone and all that. So this was a really important part, even though it may not seem like it uh, at this point to someone who's reading it for the first time. Yeah. Very good. Well, Jake, thanks for uh, giving us a little insight into the near future um, for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and how you can experience that at the Wizarding World at Universal Orlando. So guys, uh, Hannah, Jake, Stephen, thank you for joining me on episode nine. If this is your first time watching the show or listening, this uh, comes out on a weekly basis. You can find us on YouTube at Disney Co. in the Know, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes at Disney Co. in the Know. Uh, to, for more universal news on park reopenings and resorts, follow us on Facebook at 407 and Beyond Vacation Company. Um, so, guys, until next time, thanks for another good episode, and I'll see you next week. Stay safe. See you next see you guys week. Later. Bye. <laughs>